I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined by Greg Ducharme. Greg, good to see you. What's going on, boys? Excited to be here. Uh, exciting to, exciting for, uh, excited for a little bit of coffee golf coming up here. So it's a good two weeks. Mega preview potting our first leg of coffee golf. Mark Immelman is here. Hey, Mark. How's it? I'm in my second week of two off. This is incredible. Nice to be with you guys. When's the last time you had two off weeks in a row? That wasn't the, <laughs> that wasn't the off season. It was the fall last year because I worked the NBC events for PGA Tour Live. So it's been a while, hmm. but good. PGA Tour Live starts at two. Football skills. Are you, yeah. Mark, 2.30 a.m. Eastern time is when PGA Tour Live starts this week. Are you happy that you are not on PGA Tour Live this week? <laughs> I'm going to be up anyway. I'm going to be with Greg in the coffee and probably reading Kyle Porter tweets. So yeah, I'm I'm actually quite happy to be on my couch. Uh, Kyle Porter is indeed here. Kyle, what do those 3 a.m. tweets look like? That could be a scary place in your brain at 3 a.m. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and the problem is in my mind, the only people who are awake are the psychos, like the just psychotic people like us. So I'm only writing to those people. <laughs> uh, which is which is terrifying. It will be beneficial that I'll be over there, and it'll be a normal time of day for me. So it won't be it won't be as crazy as usual. Uh, when are when are you leaving, please? Uh, Saturday afternoon. Today is Tuesday. Okay. Ooh, yeah, it. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. I have some big news. We have actually, believe it or not, been nominated for the best sports podcast in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, which is incredible. Uh, we are highly appreciative of the the nomination, uh, but we will ask for just a few steps further. So if you're listening and you enjoy, please take the 60 seconds, go down to the link in the description, click on it, click on the first cut uh, to win. It's underneath the sports category. The whole process takes like 60 seconds. And uh, if you're watching, on YouTube, there's actually a QR code that you could scan as well because producer Jacob knows exactly what he's doing. If you want to type in the URL, if that if that's your thing, it's podcastawards.com forward slash app forward slash sign up. Again, there's a link in the description. Why would you ever do that? Kyle, can you believe that we have been nominated for this? No, I'm I'm actually please don't bother me. I'm scanning the QR code right now in my <laughs> on my phone to to uh 
to can I vote? Can I vote for who? How did who nominated it? Like what? What? Why did this happen? I assume. Do, they, do people that nominated us actually listen? I I assume Jacob nominated us. I don't know, or like, or like the CBS podcasting network, like they put in nominations for everyone. <laughs> They're like, I don't well, know. we got we're we're nominating our all our fantasy stuff and our great college football and basketball. I guess we should include the golf idiots that are that do this every week. Uh, very good stuff. So head on over, give us the sixty seconds and vote. Uh, Brent Harris says he just voted. Thank you, Brent. Much appreciated. And we will roll right on here. Uh, let's see. Oh, how about this one? We have an a, a, an official PGA Tour event being played in Scotland, Greg. It's a co-sanctioned event. Scottish Open, a natural spot for the world's best to go over and prepare themselves for the Open Championship. And now they can earn some FedEx Cup points in the process. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I'm I'm all for this kind of um, you know merger and and setup. It makes sense for the DP World Tour. It makes sense for the PGA Tour. It makes sense for the players. It makes sense for the fans. So I, I think this one checks all the boxes, and um, and and it's definitely created a great field this week because the field is stacked. It looks very similar to a major, and I I think it even it helps the Open Championship too. We get a real idea of how these guys are playing on, on, uh, on, on their Scottish courses. We'll keep our eye out for somebody who can't get their clubs through the turf, uh-huh. uh, and it should be, yeah, it should be, it should be great. Forty yeah, to that, one. That just gave me horrible flashbacks. Okay, Mark, the strength of field just released six hundred and forty-nine. That is. Stronger than the Memorial, stronger than the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It is just below the Genesis Invitational. It'll be the one, two, three, four, fifth strongest field on the PGA Tour this year. I guess it uh, bodes well for the uh, PGA Tour, DP World Tour Alliance, right? So when you get all these tours together, you get some pretty strong fields. I mean, it's it's essentially like a major championship. And I can see now why someone like an Ian Poulter would be doing everything in his power to try and you know, get himself into field because, you know, because the strength of field, the world ranking points available are higher. And there's a whole lot of cool reasons for you to get out there and play well. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm super excited. I, I'm gra- glad to see that this amalgamation between the tour and the DP World Tour is working out. Uh, the PGA Tour were involved with helping secure Horizon as a sponsor for the Irish Open last week. They were obviously instrumental in bringing Genesis to this event, so it's working out well. So, so years to this, and years to many more of these, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the uh, Mark just cracked us into the live conversation. We'll get back to that in a second. But K- right, good, K- 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 KP, this um, you know this field, it doesn't feel like a tune-up right before a major championship a lot of guys they want to get over and play but uh when the competitive juices start flowing in a strength of field of 649 this is this is no longer a tune-up these guys are going to be battling it out well and it's i think the interesting part about that i mean you're right it's it's a sweet field and it'll go down as probably one of the by the end of the year it'll be one of the eight best fields of the year probably maybe maybe nine something like that well i guess including the playoffs it'll be top 10 um but when you look at the PGA Tour, they don't jam really good events right before major championships, right? Because guys don't like to play or whatever. This one feels so different in that you almost have to put it before the major that's over in that part of the world. Otherwise, 
you wouldn't get the guys that you're getting. And so I think it creates as a, as a fan, as a viewer, it creates an awesome two week stretch that we rarely get like on either side of a major championship. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm, it's almost like the location of it sort of like coerces guys to play in it, which is um, maybe that should be used more in the future for the PJ tour. They don't, they don't have a lot of other like leverage points like that, but I love the way that they've used it. And I love the feel. I mean, it's what everybody in the top 15, except for Rory, which is just extraordinary. I mean, it's really, really good. And it's, it'll be fun to watch. And I got to say this for our fans over from the United Kingdom or Great Britain, whatever you want to call it. You know, they've got such an awesome run of events here through the summer where you've got Wimbledon going on right now. Wimbledon finishes, Scottish Open is around the same time. Um, then, of course, you've got uh, the Open Championship next week. Hey, let's not forget the Irish Open was last week. So it's really a cool time for for sport over in, uh, in England and Scotland and Wales. I mean, Wales and South Africa, they're playing a huge rugby test series right now in South Africa. So... If you're a sports fan over uh, across the pond, uh, you're having a good time right now. And the JP McManus Pro-Am, Mark, where all the greatest golfers get together. Um, that field's got 13 of the top 25. 13 number one golfers ever. There's only 25 to ever exist. It's Greg, it's it's nuts. Uh, let's, let's talk about this because uh, Ian Poulter, along with other guys who have gone over to uh, the Live Golf tour have been granted a stay a, a legal term which is going to allow them to essentially play in the scottish open uh that there's been a couple of responses to it billy horschel was on record talking about hey if you're taking shots at the pga tour and jay monahan you're taking shots at us referring to uh the rest of the pga tour players so uh we have now gotten to the point where lawyers are making some dough yeah and they're getting involved and that's going to continue I, I think this is a my guess would be there's some sort of precedent that's been set here, uh, although it's not in the United States. It's definitely a, a precedent and it'll be used going forward. And I'll be very curious to see how this plays out legally for um, for the PGA Tour directly. It seems like this had more to do with the DP World Tour sanctions rather than the PGA Tour sanctions. Uh, so this it, it kind of just sets up the first the first legal battle that we've had and it was resolved quite quickly. And and I wonder when there's more time and there's more um, more evidence that's shared and you know more more of the legal process is gone through. What do we end up getting? Is it a similar result, or does this mean that we are going to end up with players playing on multiple tours, including the Live Golf Tour? Uh, and is that going to be a possibility for Live players next year anyway? And I, I think all those are really big, really key points that determine the the future of this live golf series um, and and they they determine the future of the PGA tour and the DP world tour there this is a really big deal but it's just the first step i think uh i think i've been a little surprised that it's been the european tour that is that has seen players sue rather than i think going into all this i thought it could be and probably would be the the PGA tour side but I do think the obvious reason for it is you've got so many more guys on the European tour side that need like really need those events to get into majors. And when we talked about this on Sunday, this could be the last open open championship for Sergio. He's not in next year. 
based on any previous criteria. If he doesn't, you know, depending on like, does he get to play the European tour? There's a bunch of different things, but based like right now, he wouldn't, he wouldn't necessarily be in. Uh, this could be the last major ever for guys like Westwood or I think Westwood's in the field. Yeah. He was on the, the Ryder cup team. So he's in the, in the open championship field. So the last major ever for guys like Westwood and Poulter. And so they are just in more desperate need of those world rankings points. So I think that's part of, you know, there's a million different ways to look at this, but I think that's part of the reason that they have been so adamant about uh, continuing to, to be able to play on the European tour. Ian Poulter, Mark, is really the prime example, and Kyle Kyle nailed this here. He is ranked exactly 100th in the world. Uh, he cannot go multiple months without OWGR points, uh, it, depending on if Live Golf gets OWGR points assigned. When that happens, he he needs to play these DP World Tour events, uh, especially this one with a massive uh, winner share and a massive uh, strength of field if he wants to play in major championships for the rest of his career. Yeah, absolutely. Because the truth of it, if he is, if he didn't, the world ranking points would be in a free fall because of the rolling aspect of them. And just something to bear in mind about that stuff too, because apparently, and Kyle can speak to this probably better than me, live have, have their application in to apply yeah. for world ranking points. Now, I don't know if that's been completed, if they've submitted everything they need, but I don't know if the review period has now commenced because that will take at least about a year. So you add this, then you add a year to that, and that's pending more information being asked for, which you know is likely going to come. So then that makes it at least two and a half years. By that stage, stage all these live guys who aren't in major events, they are going to be like ranked outside the top, I don't know, eight, nine hundred, one thousand-ish. Yeah, and you've got the Tiger Woods scenario. Like, remember when he came back, what he had to do over a very short space of time. Remember that season where uh, we still had the uh, the event at Akron at Firestone where Woods had to finish in a certain place and he got himself in and that got himself into the following week's major. I, I believe it was the PGA at the time, but he pulled rabbits out of hats. And then that year got into the tour championship and ended up winning. So it was miraculous and it was Tiger-esque. I'm not sure with love to Ian Poulter, he has that sort of a gear. And so, yeah, there's a certain type of player where this is crucial that they get the starts that they can. And from what I am led to believe from the liter literature that I wrote, it said that the stay, that's a crucial word, is pending determination of his substantive appeal, forgive me, uh, in due course. So it says to me that the judge looked at this and said, well, look, we haven't ruled on the entire thing. I'm going to let you go for the time being. But that's also saying to me that the judge is like, I'm really not so sure of your case right now. And uh, we're going to look into this a little further and then see what happens. So it, it's, oh, geez, it, it's, it seems like it's typical for what is the word of the day right now with this, with this live league. But suffice to say, it's crucial that these guys get a run if they want to be relevant. I think what's, what's interesting, Rick, and I'll throw it back to you, but it's we don't necessarily know what the European tour is going to decide with post co-sanctioned events, right? Like they, they've sort of made this declaration about, and the Scottish open is the biggest one, but Barracuda and, and what's the other one? Barbasol. Correct. Yep. The, those three events. We don't, I mean, guys played in the, the event, where was it in Germany last week? Like Sergio played in that event 
and this was after uh, playing in, or I guess that was two weeks ago, but this was after playing in the first live event. So I'm fascinated because the European tour, the PGA tour has been very clear and very adamant, but what does the European tour decide on events that are not co-sanctioned by the PGA tour? The only reason that the European tour has said this about these events, because they're having to align with the PGA tour because they're co- these events are co-sanctioned by or co-run, whatever you want to say by the PGA tour, but what do they decide about the BMW PGA championship? What do they decide about all these European tour events that are coming up in the fall? Is it the same decision? Is it different? They've said that they're going to double the fines every time uh, guys play in a, in a live tour event, which is sick because it's going to be like in the billions in very, very, very quickly. Uh, That's crazy. So I, I just, I don't know. I think that part of it is still a lot more up in the air than what the PGA Tour has decided. Wait, wait. I think it needs to be said, maybe for the folks that are listening, to understand really why um, Poulter was barred from this thing and fined $105,000. He did not apply for a release to play in the live event in London. Right, right. We didn't get the release. So he has broken the rule because you're supposed to, even for that, apply for the release, which he didn't. He said that he didn't understand what was necessary and basically pleading ignorance or the fifth, whatever you want to call it. But he's like, well, the tour is like, well, you didn't apply for the release. You essentially contravened our rules. And so this is the ramifications. And now it's going deeper because now it's going to get tangled up in court. Uh, that, that's, that's what we're getting into. Yeah. If you want to know how quickly doubling fines adds up, you double a penny. It's like 23 times. will get you to a million dollars. So it'll, it'll, uh, it'll add up quite quickly, uh, on that side of things, Greg, the Mark is right in the fact that, uh, this stay is not a like legal resolution. It's just like, uh, they can't punish you for now. We'll, we'll continue to look into this and figure it out. Yeah, and that, there's a lot of comments in the chat uh, uh, leading to that as well. So that makes a lot more sense because the the um, well, I guess this in particular ruling, not a legal decision, but this decision was made rather quickly. So that makes a lot more sense. Um, and and I I think that's a a big deal. Another comment in the chat says, "Hey, if they had no, if they clearly had no case, it'd be thrown out." at at this point and it hasn't so that means that there is a real case here and i think we've known that from the start where this is something that's very controversial um if you read lawyers you read uh, legal experts who have written about this and and you can see both sides of the argument uh, and i certainly see one side through my own eyes non-lawyer uh, uneducated in that realm of those eyes but rationally rationalizing my way through it I get to one conclusion, but there are a lot of lawyers who ha- who get to another conclusion. And so I'm sure that there's going to be some pretty lengthy battles in court. And and the really interesting thing is the use of a stay. And if the if the well we'll wait and see aspect is that they can play. In other words, they're you know innocent before proven guilty. If they can continue to play, then those starts become much more important to what Mark and Kyle were saying about the Ian Poulters of the world. Now he'll get more starts until a decision is finally reached, and perhaps that gets him into more major championships. And lastly, I would say the major championships are likely not going to make a ruling on this until legal ramifications are made. And they'll know they'll have a much better idea. Augusta National, for instance, they'll have a much better idea 
of where they and, and maybe Augusta National is kind of separate from this, but they'll all have a much better idea of where this stands once a real decision is made in court. And so they're probably going to play it on the safer side leading in. And that means these starts become even more valuable for the Ian Poulters of the world. And, and, and it means that this saga is going to go on for a little bit longer. Uh, so the three players that were granted this stay, Ian Poulter, Adrian Otegi, and Justin Harding are now all eligible to play in the Scottish Open. And because of that and the timing of it, they've actually ex- expanded this field. Uh, yeah. It's it's growing, Kyle. They're 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 very deep in. I think they're at one fifty nine, one sixty at this point. <laughs> Which is, I mean, whatever. <laughs> like it's it's light out until like midnight there, so they can you know they can they can do it. But it it is, I mean, it, it's it's like representative of how bizarre it is that you're you're expand like. There can't be there can't have been too many fields over the last whatever twenty years that are over one fifty six, right? Uh, I can't imagine another scenario in which that could have been no, like, would, why would that happen? You know, did, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we have this on the, oh yeah. What can we go? Can we get into the, did, did you guys see what Billy Horschel and Graham McDowell said? Uh, yes. So Billy Horschel went on a pretty, a pretty significant <laughs> rant. And then Graham McDowell did like an entire interview, right. With, uh, with, a a media company in, uh, it, the Irish Independent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want me to do my Graham or Billy? Uh, which yeah, wherever you want to go first, Graham. If you have I'll, the Graham I'll, stuff handy, yeah, I'll do. I'll do Graham. So he, man, this interview. I don't know if you guys read the whole thing. It, it's it's tough to read uh, because he yeah. he sort of it was a little bit of the reaping sowing meme, you know, of like I I made these choices and now like look what's happened. And you're like, yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's the whole deal, you know? And I I thought I did want to call out one particular thing that he said in there. He said, it's about, uh, be, well, this doesn't make any sense. I I think he said, it's a, it's about being kind of sick of finishing 150th in the FedEx and banging my head against the wall in the PGA tour. It's hard. It's hard every week. You know, you know, I paid my dues. I've done thing. I've done the right things for 20 years of my life. And now I want to go and make some money in a fa- fantastic opportunity. And I thought that was so telling because he said, I've, I've paid my dues. I've done the right things for 20 years of my life. When you use language like that, the implication is now that you're not doing the right things. And I think all these guys sort of know and feel that. And he said something else like, you know, it's tough to Look at myself in the in the uh, yeah. There's the quote. It's tough to look at myself in uh, the mirror every day, and you're like, man, this is like he, he is more self aware than most of these guys that have gone uh, to the to the live golf league. And I think it's it's just it's tough to watch him try to reconcile everything out loud in ways that other guys are trying to do internally. And that was kind of my takeaway from, from what he said. And people should go read the transcript. It's, it's super interesting. But I, truth, ag- I agree. Go yeah. ahead, Mark. I was going to just going to say the truth of it really is, is that look to every decision, there's a consequence and the immediate consequence of this thing, you read Pat Perez and you're like, Oh man, it's freaking awesome. The money's hit my account. It's just incredible. I mean, God bless everyone involved, kind of thing. And my family, this, my family, that. 
But when you get to spend some time alone, if you've got one iota of a conscience, it's going to start to work on you. Once again, we had friends over last night and around the fire pit in the evening. The question to me was, so what happens when they call you up, if they call you up? And even now, I've not been made a pitch to go and call golf for live. But even now, I can feel my conscience and my moral north pole to north star, to use the Carl's vernacular the other day, um, is challenged. And you have to be able to be okay with yourself. Now, if you've got no conscience whatsoever, and certain names for me pop to mind, then you're like, oh, whatever, you know, it's fine. But then if you have any, just anything, it's going to work you. It's going to work you so hard, and each day it's going to double down because, you know, it's a, the, the, the mind is a battlefield. And when you're at the highest level of the sport, even if you're 150th, the mind is the biggest weapon you have. You can tell me about long drives and stuff all you like, but if your mind is flimsy, you've got no chance. And and this, what Graham's saying there, I'm glad we share this because this is a real part of professional sport, what's happening between people's ears. And if the mind and the will and the emotions start going, the athlete starts fading in a hurry. And I've seen this happen to golfers in their 40s like overnight. And it's sad that this would now become such a spectacle and sad even more so that there's all this other, you know, brouhaha that's going along the side of all of this. Uh, Greg McDowell, you can go read that. It's a, and the transcripts are great. Uh, Greg, Billy Horschel uh, fires back. He called the guys who've gone to live golf hypocrites. Here is the quote. Uh, Billy said, there are a lot of guys that are hypocrites that are not telling the truth and lying about some things that I just can't stand to sit here anymore and be diplomatic anymore about it. As I have been in the past, he would go on to say, basically directing at Pat Perez. If you want to play better or you want to play more, so you get a chance to win the FedEx cup. So be it. No one has made you play that first playoff event to go miss family obligations. No one has. That's in reference to Pat Perez saying that uh, he missed the birth of his uh, son because he had to play a FedEx cup playoff event. Right. And by the way, once you're in that FedEx cup playoff event, you don't have to play. You want to play. You don't have to play when you're not in it. It, You don't have to play when you're not in it, but you still have your card. Right. Yes, I, I can yes, make the yes. argument that, yeah. hey, if I if the Wyndham championship is coming up and I got to finish inside the, I, I got to make the cut to make the playoffs. And so I got to do that to keep my card for next year. OK, well, there are certain people that would say I need to have my job to raise a family, all that. But he, he did, there was nothing that made him have to play. But I understand that's not the point here. Um, but what Billy also said was about, uh, you know, what the last thing you mentioned, Rick, about Jay Monahan, and if you're taking shots at him, you're taking shots at us. And I think that's very well said. And it's been missed a lot when it comes to uh, how Jay has been received and what what the commissioner has said and how it's been um, kind of how it's been taken. And a lot of that is true because what the what he says is what the players, past or uh, or present, what they have created in these bylaws. And so it's really important to understand that this is a league for the players and Jay Monahan is representing the players. And so the, the decisions that they make are to protect the players. And, and Billy highlighted that in, I think a very nice way. And when you take shots at what they do, it's hey, well, as a player, these are our decisions. And many of us have gotten involved in that. And some of them don't feel heard. And I guess that's why they've 
gone, uh, you know, Pat Perez being one of them. I guess nobody ever listened to Pat Perez. So that's part, maybe part of the reason why he left. But these decisions are made by the players for the players. And I think Billy did a really nice job of highlighting that. And I'm glad you brought that up, Greg, because, you know, when all of these comparisons are made and have the PGA Tour has to change and pivot and do all sort of stuff, it's hard because they are answerable to the players. The players are essentially the bosses. And it's got to pass by the pack and the players, council and all sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm glad you highlight that because it is real. And Jay Monahan, honestly, is just the point person for what is a membership organization. Yeah. And that that to me was the sort of biggest thing in all of this. And while I do think that, I mean, there, we're going to do this podcast. There's a million things I wish the PGA Tour would change. I thought, I thought, I thought Horschel highlighting how golf is so different. Like, if this was, let's say, this was happening in in uh, in basketball, and the Saudi Arabian uh, government came in and said, "We're going to start a basketball league, and we're going to poach." Draymond Green and uh, Andre Drummond. I'm just. Th- I, 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 I was waiting to see which guys you were going to throw under <laughs> the bus here. And James Harden, right? And those those are your three guys that that, that would actually be like maybe who they would go for. But uh, so so they they poach those guys. And so w- what would happen in that scenario is if is if like because basketball has ownership any lawsuits or anything that happened in court or, or, or whatever out like extracurriculars would be a very, at a very executive level, right? It would be, uh, it would be um, like GMs and owners and, and all these stuff suing each other. And it would be very like just outside of the purview of the fan. Like we just wouldn't, I mean, we would care about it, but it would just be like over there. Right. Both PGA Tour and Justin Thomas said this also on the No Line Up podcast. He said, if you sue the PGA Tour, like if let's say Phil Mickelson sues the PGA Tour, you're you're like literally suing me. Yeah. And that is a much more personal thing. And I think that's the part that it the the longer this goes on and the more is said on either side, the more personal it's going to get. Which as a person who talks about this stuff and creates content. I got to say it's kind of a bonanza for us, but I I think that's one thing that like Mark and Greg said, people have sort of missed along the way is you're not suing a bunch of executives in suits. You're suing Justin Thomas and Billy Horschel and Colin Morikawa. And that's pretty fascinating because I, I, that's not something that you would get in many other sports, which feels a lot like why this is going to continue to, get more personal as guys say more things they're going to take it as as personal shots we're going to put a pin in it there uh and we're going to move on to the scottish open our best bets are one and done all that fun stuff this weekend cbs is headed across the pond with a fantastic field including scotty scheffler wills altoris and tadeki matsuyama competing at the genesis scottish open live golf coverage begins saturday and sunday at a special time of noon eastern on cbs I think Jacob also wants me to hit this ad break. So we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. All right. Picks to win. If you watch on YouTube, they're the fastest ad breaks ever. Picks to win. Greg, let's start with your sleeper, please. Okay, my sleeper this week. I, w- I was going back and forth between two guys here. Um, and ultimately, the the decision was the gut versus the data, if you will. Uh, and I went. I ended up going with the data. We'll see how that plays out. But I went with Keith Mitchell. Uh, and Keith Mitchell, to me, is doing something very cool over the last four events with the putter. I believe putting and driving are two very important things. And on rickrungood.com, uh, Andy did a great, uh, he did a great little breakdown on the golf course. And I couldn't agree. I, I agree with everything that he said. I think the golf course offers uh, opportunity to hit it really far and it creates, it, it puts a lot of pressure on your, on your putting as well. And these are the two areas Keith Mitchell really excels in. So I, I think this is going to be a chance for him to, go across the pond and perform on the international stage. The other thing I really like about him is the recent finishes have been getting progressively better as well. You have the 18th at the Memorial. You have a tied seventh at the Canadian open tied six at the travelers. And these aren't necessarily types of golf courses you would expect Keith Mitchell to do really well on. I I picture him to be a guy who plays great on difficult setups. But at the at both the RBC Canadian Open and the Travelers, these are these are more birdie fest, and he's done a great job. So I, I love what I'm seeing out of Keith Mitchell, and I think he continues it on a perfect golf course for him uh, at the Scottish Open. Uh, Sixty-five to one, same odds as my sleeper, Mito Pereira, who's missed two cuts and basically gained strokes in both of them. Hard to do. He's not playing as bad as those missed cuts would indicate. Uh, Kyle woke up and chose violence. Kyle, who is your <laughs> sleeper, please? <laughs> Uh, Ian Poulter, hundred to one. Of course it is. <laughs> wow. Are you, are you just will? Are you just trying to manifest this? He is. Yeah. He's just. He's just. He's just gaslighting the whole thing. <laughs> For sure. But also, he's finished T fourteen, T six, and T four in his last three starts here. So, granted, the field has not been nearly what it will be this year. But yeah, I, I hundred to one, three straight top fifteens, two straight top sixes. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's create more controversy. Two straight top forties on the Live Golf Tour, if that. <laughs> okay, listen, I don't need you. I don't need your negativity uh, here. <laughs> Sorry, uh, just facts, just stating facts over here. Mark, you also found yourself a sixty-five to one golfer. Who is it, please? I didn't know data here. Just, uh, just kind of recognizing that the guy's a heck of a player, and he's in Scotland, and I'm married to the daughter of a Scotsman and the Scottish people are a proud race. And the last time a Scotsman won this event was in 1999 and that was Colin Montgomery and Bob McIntyre. Um, he's won the Scottish boys stroke play. He's won the Scottish youth championship. He's won the Scottish amateur. So if he wins the Scottish open, he's essentially done everything that you can in Scotland. And he's played well at the course before he knows the Genesis, uh, pardon me, the Renaissance club. Well, and, uh, I just have a sense that the guy is going to play. He's going to be comfortable there. The, the play sort of suits him. He plays links golf well. 
and he'll get himself into contention, and then he'll be carried around by that Scottish, uh, those Scottish fans for the entire weekend. So I have a sense you may see him near the top of the leaderboard Sunday afternoon. The Scottish fans travel well, and they won't have to travel this week at all. Uh, that is Mito, Keith Mitchell, Ian Poulter, Robert McIntyre. Top 10 locks. Mark, we're going to sneak this, so I'll stay right here with you. Your top 10 for this week's Scottish Open, please. Yeah, he's low-key sort of putting together a very sound season for not having ones, Fleetwood. Um, you know, he too plays Lynx golf well. Finished runner-up in the Open to uh, Shane Lowry at Port Rush. He grew up in Southport, and Southport in Ainsdale is one of the great Lynx golf courses of all time. It's right up the road from uh, Royal Birkdale. Um, uh, Tommy Fleetwood has hosted the Betfair British Open over there, so he loves the format of the game. He's played this golf course nicely too, finishing a uh, runner-up here recently, and I think t- top 25 one other time. So I looked at Fleetwood, who's striking the ball real well, and he hits a heavy sort of a ball flight, so it cuts through the wind. So I'm like in a place where Fleetwood now can you know parlay some of these good numbers he's putting up and and, and contend for a big title tommy lad plus 350 to finish inside the top 10 i went with max homa who is just that dude greg he's figured it out he's figured out the short game stuff when he puts well he generally wins i'm in on max at plus 550 to finish inside the top 10 where are you going I'm going to Sam Burns. Uh, again, it sticks with a similar theme to Keith Mitchell, and Burns is probably an elevated version of uh, Keith Mitchell as, as far as their strengths are concerned because he's a much better iron player. Um, but the thing about Sam Burns is of late, he's been struggling with the driver a little bit, but not with the distance. Like We know what his club head speed is, and he's averaging over 308 yards off the tee on tour this year. And I think this setup is going to bode well for him. It's going to give him a little more opportunity, a little more width uh, in the fairways, and he'll be able to take advantage of the driver a little more. And then on the greens, he's a fantastic putter. He's gained strokes in nine of 10 recent events. And I think that is a a really strong aspect for Sam Burns. And I'm not at all worried about the miscut at the Travelers last week. I think he bounces back. And you see Sam Burns in contention this week. Well, he's already bounced back. He's having himself a day at the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. He's back, baby, plus 330 for Sam Burns if he can finish on the first page of the leaderboard. K.P., oh, speaking of guys playing well at the J.P. McManus, yeah. you found your, you found yourself Xander here. Yeah, I don't want to put too much stock into a pro-am, but he's no, also no, no, no. Off. We want you to do it. Do he's it. A, <laughs> he's also coming off a win, obviously, at the Travelers, playing great golf. So, you know, we've talked a ton about Xander being just a top 10 machine. I think he gets another one uh, this week at the Renaissance Club. Uh, yeah, just another addition to the very unique and bizarre resume that Xander Shoffley hosts with a one next to his name. Speaking of ones next to their name, picks to win. KP, Yep, you get to, you get to go first. Yeah, so this is the – I just – I actually – just look this up, but this is the one, two, three, four. So there have been seven events this year that have been 600 world ranking points or better. Uh, excuse me, uh, not 600 world ranking points. A, a greater than 600 strength of field. Uh, and Scotty Scheffler has won one, two, th- I guess three, uh, two of them. Uh, he's won a couple others that are just outside that. So he has played the best at the best events. If you look at his last, if you look at everybody's last twenty rounds leading into this tournament, uh, he's number one in ball striking, uh, strokes and ball striking. Xander's number three, so Xander's up there as well. But 
I, you know, Scheffler finished top 10 at, at this tournament last year, leading into the open championship. There's just so many different things that are pointing at him, you know, maybe not necessarily winning, but playing great golf uh, this week at the Renaissance club. So I've got him getting what would be his, what fifth win of the year. Yes. Here's a fun fact for you, Kyle. Going back to the start of the 2020 season, so three three years basically, uh, strength of field over 600. There is no golfer in the world who has played as well in as many rounds as Scotty Scheffler has. That's a, that's a that's a great stat. 124 rounds, 1.45 strokes gained. Technically, John Rahm has gained more per round, but he's played less rounds. So yeah, hey, I can manipulate this data to to get me a Scotty Scheffler as the, as the top guy. That's what Rick and I do. We just, we're data manipulators. <laughs> it's honestly true. Okay. Uh, Kyle's gone with Scotty Scheffler. Mark, you've gone with the other shh golfer. Yeah, I am. And uh, all that data kind of gets tossed out of the wind when you get a 40 mile an hour wind off the first or fourth over there, and then all bets are off. So uh, I'm going with a guy who's just playing great. Kyle referenced it. Um, I got to look at him hitting shots towards me for two rounds on Saturday and Sunday at the Travelers Championship. I was in the group in front and just watched how he was playing. And, and Xander hits the ball that cuts through the wind. He just seems unflappable. He finished top 10 at this place last year in his first look at it. Uh, and just the, to, to me, just his demeanor lends itself well to the intricacies and the variability of Lynx golf. Because in Lynx golf, you can hit a ball down the fairway and have it end in a pot bunker. You can hit a ball that gets killed by the wind and ends up in the fescue. There's an element to the stuff that is immeasurable. And uh, then you're playing on fescue sort of grass type greens that tend a little on the slow side. And so it mitigates putting skill to a large extent and sort of highlights all of those other elements that are just difficult to comprehend and understand about the game of golf. But I know this Xander is playing at a clip right now that is, is I wouldn't say without peer, but he's playing at a pretty high level and the confidence is clearly high. So I'm going to ride this pony while it's uh, running fast. Xander Shoffley, 18 to one for Mark. I went with Cam Smith. He's number one in the field in strokes gained approach over the last 24. Hasn't putted well. That usually does not go away for long if you're Cam Smith. Greg, round us out here. You're picked to win the Scottish Open. All right, take all that data manipulation you and Kyle did in favor of Scotty and edit undo. And let's yeah. get back to John Rahm. Uh, I, I, I think John Rahm is the guy this week. Uh, there are a lot of reasons for it. One, it was a seventh place finish here last year, which I, I think, again, it goes, a, it goes a long way for him. And I like what he's done of late as well. It hasn't been red hot, hasn't been on fire since the win in Mexico, but he had a tied 10th at the Memorial. He had a 12th at the U.S. Open. And the putting seems to really have turned around. And in, in the last six events he's gained strokes in five of them and and the last two events he's gained over three strokes putting in both of those and driving we know we know how good of a driver the golf ball john rahm is at the memorial he lost strokes off the tee for the fifth time of his entire career um and and that it is not something that he does twice in a row and he didn't he had a great driving week at the u.s open so i think all that's going to continue for john rahm and uh, I think he gets it tuned up with his irons a little bit more than it's been. It's been average of late. I think he ups the ante there, hits a ton of greens, and ends up winning this tournament. 
John Rom, 11 to 1 over at Caesars Sportsbook. Speaking of Caesars Sportsbook, we went over to find our best bets. We scoured every square pixel of that website and we came back with our best options. I'll just lead us off here because we've spent a lot of time talking about Xander Shoffley. I've got him in even money to finish inside the top 20. Love everything he's doing right now. Greg, you also have a top 20 wager. Where is your money going towards? It's going to Sam Burns again. Uh, I highlighted some of the aspects that I really like about him. Uh, And the one thing that I'll add to this, it's Sam Burns top 20 at plus 165. The one thing I'll add is, while this is a Lynx golf course and we're likely to get some wind, it's it's a rather new Lynx golf course. And I think that's going to give some of these guys who don't have a ton of experience playing Lynx a little bit of a um, easier time with it than say St. Andrews for the first time playing Lynx golf would. So I think it, it'll help that learning curve. And Sam Burns has had a little bit of experience. He made the cut in the open championship last year, uh, although it, he didn't do much more than that, uh, but he did make the cut. He's got a little experience. I think he turns it up this week uh, and maybe even into next week. Plus 165 for Sam Burns to finish inside the top 20 KP. You found yourself a matchup. Uh, from a very vocal Billy Horschel. Yeah, very vocal Billy Horschel. This is actually more of a fade of Neiman. Uh, I think Neiman, there's there's a path in which he is, his name has been thrown around a lot with the live stuff. He's had some friends go over there. A lot of people that are at the same agency that he's at have gone over to the live, live golf league. Uh, so this is a little bit of a fate of him because I think he's probably got a lot that he's considering and thinking about right now. And uh, I think Horschel will uh, will get him this week at the Renaissance Club. All right. It's plus 110 if Horschel does indeed nip Joaquin Neiman. And Mark, you've got a three ball with uh, all things considered one of the hottest players on the planet in your corner. Uh, yeah, and one of the guys I've got him beating is a guy who's also from said uh, agency that Carl was representing, and the rumors are large that he's going to become a liver, liver here pretty soon, and that's not Justin Rose. Um, so I, I, I'm all over Ryan Fox this week. The guy's like six foot. His father, Grant Fox, is one of the great flowers, New Zealand All Blacks of all time. And Grant just hits the thing. Arguably, he's one of the longest hitters in the world, playing with big confidence. Always plays Lynx golf well. I had a runner-up last week in Ireland. And he's just that kind of a guy. He's your typical, you know, blue-collar sort of New Zealander. He hits it hard. He works hard. And he's he's just not afraid of the big stage. I think it's born of the fact that his father was a legend in rugby. So I'm looking for Fox to do well at a place he's played well before and just continue uh, that rich vein of form. Ryan Fox, eight consecutive top eight finishes on the DP World Tour. That's pretty good, as far as I can tell. Over Sam Burns and Justin Rose, plus 175. Gentlemen, we have one final thing to do. It's uh, our one-and-done selections. And they're pretty interesting. We've got, a, we've got a wide range of golfers covered for this week. We'll get to that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. One and done. I have the fan votes. The fans, Mark, are... um, They've got new tires. They got a full tank of gas. You missed the cut last week. Uh, I think you did too, didn't you? No. Nah. I had to take that last week. Oh, you got, uh, what, 25 grand for that? No, nah, I got 90 something. Okay. Uh, they, uh, they've passed everybody else except for you. Are you concerned about that? Nah. <laughs> and if you're listening on audio, I'm shaking my head. No. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the, who the fans did not select. With 9% of the vote, they did not pick Sung J.M. With 18% of the vote, they did not select Hideki Matsuyama. But with 34% of the vote, they have opted for Cameron Smith. Jacob, show me the board, and the fans can realize they've been Sia-mushed because Sia has also <laughs> oh. Cam Smith. And that is music to my ears, Greg, because I did not pick Cam Smith. The fans and Sia did, and Sia has been dragging us down for months now. Yeah, and I, I get the Cam Smith aspect. I think it's a I think it's a good pick, but all of a sudden we have to wait until this page when we find out that it's not a good pick. And it's uh, it's unfortunate because everything that you've done, all the research is good, high quality. But there's one thing that you can't predict, and that's where to see a Najad go. So that's uh, extremely disappointing and difficulty uh, difficult. I don't I, I don't like that pick. Why not? His last his last top ten was at the Masters. Mm-hmm. He's not he doesn't he's not driving it well. I just and I don't know is this is this the right like is 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 golf like his links golf in the wind like the place for cam smith i don't know maybe he might he might play well but uh, i don't know i'm out cam smith is a really good fast green putter and the greens are not fast this weekend next um, yeah but, but he did putt quite well at uh century right greens are not too fast there kind of big and undulated yeah no yeah but then you get those downhill down grand downwind ones that are really fast yeah there's no yeah. real great for these greens this it's a seaside sort of a course and uh, i i just i i'm out on cam smith right now too I, i'm just i'm unconvinced about he's fighting a left ball off the tee which yeah which is not going to get you into trouble but it's the fear of the hook shot that gets you into trouble because then you start playing defense the two cam smith selections are the only overlapping selections everyone else is a lone wolf kyle you have hideki matsuyama you're at four million dollars i imagine at this point in the season you're you're just making sure you stay ahead of see it here i'm just empty in the chamber i i don't i mean i basically just picked the high the 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 highest ranked guy in terms of strokes gain ball striking over the last 20 rounds that i hadn't already used that so, is probably if you did that like every single event i i want to go back and see how much money you have made that, that uh, that's that maybe that should be my my strategy from the jump next year but uh yeah i don't i don't even really love hideki this week but that was just the strategy that i was going off of 
Uh, I went with Ryan Fox. Uh, Mark gave us some insight on Ryan a bit earlier. Also, there's this weird, like he is getting an insane level of respect from sports books. And I'm just going to assume they know something I don't. I mean, he's been great. He's got the awesome finishes. He made the cut at the PGA Championship, missed at the US Open. He's been dominating the DP World Tour. I'm just going to roll with him. I've got 5.8 million. Greg. Keith Mitchell was a staple earlier for you, and you have decided to use him here in your one and done. Yeah, and again, I I know this event has a really strong field, uh, but the ammunition that I have left is not very strong. So I'm trying to kind of hold out for next week's Open Championship and go with a guy that I, I'm not going to miss it, it for any of the remaining events this season, but I think this should be a good spot for him. And it's kind of a safe play heading into next week, but I do believe in the strategy, right? My, the strategy that I've based all my picks on is driving and putting. And, and I think Keith Mitchell embodies that. And I'm hoping that putter stays hot and continues this week at the Scottish open. Jacob is just uh, $32,000 ahead of Greg and just 400,000 behind coach so jacob you're in quite a good spot here and you've got a you got a big dog you use xander shoffley who i'm stunned you even have available yeah i mean i guess i was sort of thinking maybe we stash him for the tour championship but like like mark mentioned i mean he's playing hot the you got to get on the pony whenever you can so mark i'm gonna hop on that pony with you i hope there's room on, Giddy up. yeah Usually the more people that hop on that way, you know, weighs it down, slows down the pony. But I think I remember is marking. that a, is that a, do people say that you got to hop on the pony whenever I have never go? heard that in my entire life. No, I, just, I just that kind of, that popped in my head and I just said it. It's kind of how I broadcast too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can really get away with anything if you say it confidently. Just yeah. like, oh, or, or with or like with a great accent. Yeah, that goes, helps. Goes a long way. Coach went with. The Scottish kid, Robert McIntyre. That is Bobby Mac. 7.1 million. He's 1.2 behind the fans and 400,000 clear of Jacob. The fans, as we mentioned, mushed with Cam Smith. Congratulations on your zero. Mark, <laughs> you will hold court at the top with Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, I uh, at the beginning of the season, I penciled in four guys for this event. The one was Robert McIntyre. The other one was Turrell Hatton. Um, Ryan Fox was one. And then Tommy Fleetwood. And I was talking with Jake, Jacob on the phone this morning, and he was helping me navigate the list of who had picked where. And and I just settled on Fleetwood. You know, just all of his numbers are consistently solid. Um, I I love the way he hits the ball in the wind. And as I say, the weakness in his game, really, to me, when I've watched him play, is he hasn't made in any of that sort of mid-range kind of 15, 20-foot length putt very often. Where this week, I expect you're not going to see a whole bunch of that stuff. And it's just about holding out and striking balls well, and keeping balls out of the fescue and stuff like that. So Fleetwood, for me, he's a great. He's great around the links. Uh, I've, I've seen him play in the wind before, and it's impressive. Fleetwood into Fleetwood hitting irons in the wind in Scotland is provocative. It's With it's the, the hair it's blowing stuff. in the breeze. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. I Just, do worry he hasn't driven it that well recently. Maybe that hopefully that changes because I'd love for him to be in the mix. But, but again, the, here's the thing: this is where Lynx golf is different to what you guys are talking about because, like in in the across wind, you tee the thing down, and if you watch him every swing, now I'm going to sound golf geek on you, but every swing he makes is into that three quarter style follow through. So it's just a big body rotation, very yeah. little club face movement. And you tee the thing down, you get on top of it, and you just flatten balls down the fairway, and you play the ball along the ground. So, you know, 
the ball gets hit wide off the tee when the thing's teed up and you're hitting it big on the upswing oftentimes. But if you're covering the ball, you're keeping your chest over the top of it, which is something he works on continuously. It's how he worked his way from like in the doldrums in the world rankings back to the top few. Yeah, this is right up his alley. I mean, he can hit what he hits normally all day long, every day. Yeah. Just to be clear, the the list that Mark had to call Jacob to reference and talk him through is a is a spreadsheet. Yeah, no, no, I, I needed to know how to search because I wanted to search Fleetwood and see which of you fools had used him. Really. So yeah, Jacob yeah. gave me a quick shortcut. It so sounds just, it sounds yeah. a lot more a lot more like collusion than it actually was. It was literally Mark asking how to do Command F. Because so. <laughs> I was because I was short on time, so I was reading up and down these lists. I'm like, no, I can't find the search icon, so I called Jacob and he helped me. Collusion so now, hey, sounds like collusion. Don't worry about it. Now don't worry about like your technical issues. Week. Uh, don't worry about any technical issues because I have had to walk coach through printing out a PDF of his March Madness bracket. One yes, time. I was on that. I was on. It was before we started a show, and it was it was like we were literally speaking a different language to get to get him to set, print a PDF. It was incredible. and he was like, and he was trying to do it from like the Holiday Inn Business Center or something like that because so he couldn't. He couldn't. It's like, yeah, we want you to print it, but we don't want you to actually print it. We just want you to like save it and then send it to Jacob. We don't need you to actually print it out. So that was there was it was mass confusion. Let me tell you, that's wow. tough for everyone involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jets. We got a hard out here in a couple minutes. Any final thoughts before we get out of here on the Scottish Open or anything else that's going on in the world of golf? Oh, Tiger had a great quote. I'll read it to end us. Uh, he, he said, I've got it right here. Um, he said, this is a pretty historic open that we're going to be playing. I'm lucky enough to be part of the past champions that have won there and want to play there again. And I don't know when they are ever going to go back while I'm still able to play at a high level. And I want to be able to give it at least one more run at a high level. And I thought that was such a, uh, it was very sobering. Um, yeah, here it is. But it was also, I'm just so excited for the next couple of weeks. We get a, 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 I mean, to call, to to call the Scottish Open an appetizer is to be unfair to the Scottish Open. Scottish Open is going to be awesome, but to think that that is just an appetizer to the Open Championship, it's going to be a, it's going to be a pretty special two weeks for golf in a summer that has been just fraught with nonsense and this, these next two weeks will be kind of the opposite of that uh, a couple things i was at the 2005 open i was teaching my brother at the time when jack nicholas played his last competitive major championship round and birdied the 18th at the old course it was an event that i will never ever forget tiger was playing right behind him and tiger just put on a clinic won the thing at a canter he's the only golfer no one's won three opens at the old course he can and I tweeted the other day, I'm like, someone needs to talk me off this because right now I'm leaning towards him in one and done at the old course. And for the fans, listen up. I'm thinking I'm between Oersteisen, Woods, and Tyrrell Hatton right now. So there's a little advance notice for you. But but Tiger next week at St. Andrews is going to be special. And, and Kyle, drink it in because there's nothing like an open championship in the old gray town. That place is unreal. I can't wait. I mean, I'm I'm out of my mind. I can't wait. Enjoy. All right. That'll do it. 
Big thanks to producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes at Jacob underscore Alex. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman, and you can tweet all your complaints to Kyle at Kyle Porter CBS. <laughs> you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.